0: If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day.
1: How do we live through the things that feel like they're going to break us? You know, how do we live through the things that hurt us? We make a choice to get up another day.
0: Thanks to Skillshare for supporting the Kathy Heller Show. Skillshare is an empowering online learning community that offers membership with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash DreamJob2 and get a one month free trial. Also, thanks to Upstart. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to Upstart.com slash DreamJob. And thanks to BetterHelp. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash dreamjob. Start living a better life today. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Show. I hope that you had a good weekend. My heart has been so heavy. It is just, it's really unbelievable what's going on in the world I was talking to my husband last night and I'm like, I don't get it, like I really don't get it. Like this just seems like we've reverted thousands of years that there's this kind of activity going on in the world. Both sets of my grandparents are from the Ukraine and um, lived in these areas. So it hits very close to home and it's very reminiscent of things that my family has already endured. Um, and so I'm just really, really preoccupied, just thinking about it constantly. And my heart is there. And I just want to say something about my heart being there. You know, there's so much research on how our heart literally can emit a certain kind of energy into the atmosphere. And so... The truth is that while we should be staying aware of all the ways that we can help in terms of sending money, in terms of raising our voice, it really is true that if each one of us were to heal and fill our hearts with compassion and love, we would change the atmosphere. And that is truly a way that we can affect serious change. So I feel even more steadfast in making a point to meditate every day and to really remember that each one of us can be a river for love, a conduit for that energy to flow in and out of us. And, um, this is something that I just think is important to remember that the power of the human heart when we are congruent, when we are in that state of coherence where we are fully like charged with love and empathy is unbelievably powerful and it's more contagious than the pandemic. So just wanted to say that. Something else that was on my heart this weekend is my dad. It was his birthday this past Saturday and He actually was in the hospital Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. He's been in and out of the hospital fighting uh, leukemia. He also has Parkinson's for the last few years. And, you know, I've never heard him complain one time. It's pretty amazing. And he's just been so incredibly loving and present with all of us. And it's been really hard to see him with these challenges. My stepmom has just been incredibly unconditionally loving and supportive and strong. And on Monday I texted her and said, you know, should I cancel some of the stuff? Because I had planned a hibachi chef and we had an ice cream guy come to the house and make rolled ice cream. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's pretty fun. I put a story on my Instagram to show it. And she said, you know what? Don't cancel it. He's going to be home. He's going to get better. I know it. And I thought about it because she didn't know what I had planned she said whatever you have planned don't cancel it and i said you know what i'm not going to cancel it and sure enough he was able to come and it was also my stepmom's mom's birthday this week as well that my dad and and her mom are like 4 days apart and she turned 90 and she's just unbelievable she's she's such a spitfire she she acts like she's 60 she drives she still does all these activities with her friends she's just in the best shape and she actually has been helping take care of my dad who's just turned 76. Anyway, he was here. We fussed over him. They loved the hibachi. We, they loved the rolled ice cream. And, uh, just to totally be over the top, I got my dad a pair of shoes from Gucci. Um, and I got my stepmom a pair of Gucci shoes to match just because, like, why not? They, like, got such a kick out of it. And my, my stepmom's mom is a Steeler fan, so they're all from Pittsburgh. So we had Steeler stuff everywhere, and she loved it. And my husband uh, got my dad an old school Brooklyn Dodgers baseball card that's like in minted condition, and my dad really loved that. And my husband—last thing I'm going to tell you—is he's doing stand-up, and it's so cool to see him meeting that edge. And even if something is scary, you know, your whole life when you've just been like knowing it's something you have to do. He did stand up twice last week and stay tuned because he's going to be doing a show in South Florida, March 15th. And it's going to be fun and I'll be there. And actually, I rented out this whole theater so that we could celebrate his new podcast. His new podcast is called You Don't Know Shiv. And last week, Kevin Nealon was their guest. This week, Paul Reiser is his guest. And you really, you got to go check it out. So if you want to give him some love, uh, you can find the link in the show notes where you can go to Lowell, L-O-W-E-L-L, Benjamin.com, LowellBenjamin.com. That'll take you to the podcast. Or you can just search You Don't Know Schiff. Schiff is spelled S-C-H-I-F-F. And that's because his co-host, his name is Mark Schiff which is a clever name. You don't know Shiv. But if you go ahead and you review the podcast that they have and you just send me a screenshot to my Instagram at kathy.heller, I'll send you a Starbucks just to say thank you. And I really do feel so grateful for those of you supporting him because first of all, it's a great show. I mean, Paul Reiser is an amazing guest. He's awesome. And I'm so proud of my husband. He's literally living this work that I've been doing, telling people, you don't have to keep your day job. You can do what you love. He's doing it. He left doing law after 20 something years and he's doing all the things that he loves. So a lot of bittersweet things going on, but a lot of sweet too. So that's an update for me, and now I'm excited because we have a great episode today. You're gonna love Alex L Al if you don't already know her; she's wonderful. So we are gonna dive in. Also, want to let you know: subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, because Deepak Chopra is gonna be here on Thursday. We just have so many great guests coming in, and I don't want you to miss anything. And I just want to say before we get into this episode today, if you have ever thought of wanting to start a podcast. I have created a podcast checklist for you to help you get started. You know, this podcast completely changed my life. I've had conversations now with Matthew McConaughey and Seth Godin and Jenna Fisher and I've gotten to meet all of you and I've gotten two book deals and now I'm working on a TV show all because I plugged in a microphone into my computer five years ago and just started to speak from my heart. So. I highly recommend sharing your voice, creating a community. And if you want a checklist to get you started, just go to kathyheller.com slash checklist. You'll get a podcasting guide that I put together, which just gets you started on, you know, what you need and, you know, the kind of gear and some things you should think about to just start rolling this out. So you can go grab that. It's free kathyheller.com slash checklist. All right. Well, I am really thrilled that Alex L. is here. She's an author. She's a certified breathwork coach. She's a teacher, a storyteller, and a healing facilitator. She's written amazing books and journals that you might know, like After the Rain, Gentle Reminders for Healing, Courage, and Self-Love. It's a memoir and guide combined in one, and it includes important lessons on how to overcome obstacles and build confidence and heal from loss and cultivate abundance. And last year, she released her Encourage journal, which is simple morning and evening journaling prompts and creative writing exercises and inspiring mantras to help you process your emotions and show up in the world with courage and clarity. You should definitely go check all that out because Alex is such a gifted writer and she's so good at helping us use the practice of writing to heal from whatever wounds we're carrying. You can go listen to her podcast. It's called Hey Girl and it's filled with honest, intimate conversations that she has with people who inspire her like Amber Ray and Morgan Harper Nichols and Emily McDowell it's so good. In addition to all of that, Alex teaches workshops and courses and retreats to help others find their voices and create clarity in their lives and relationships. Plus, she's a teacher in residence at Savannah Resort in Carefree, Arizona, which is really cool. Alex is such a breath of fresh air. She's so wise beyond her years, and I'm incredibly grateful that she came on the show to share her light and brilliance with all of us. So without further ado, please welcome the extraordinary Alex L. Alex, I am so, so happy to be sitting with you in your gorgeous energy right now. I've been following you for such a long time.
1: Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm excited to chat with you. This is going to be fun. I can already tell. Thanks Uh, for having me.
0: I love having you. And you're here, you know, like you're really present. So I really get to have you. So like, that's the best. I'm one of a zillion people that have been blessed by your work, blessed by your connection, blessed by your presence, blessed by your journey, blessed by your courage, blessed by the beauty that you swim in and are aware of. So I'm just part of that big, big, big crowd of people. So I'm here to say thank you, hand on heart for your work. And I want to talk about, of course, I want to talk about all the things that you're doing now that people can just kind of sink into. And I want to talk about your book from 2020 and 2021, the journal, but I want to talk about how you came to this work. Like what was the crossing of the bridge from where you were into
1: a place of self-discovery? Mm. How did I come to this place? Um, through a lot of getting lost, a lot of trial and error. Um, and so just Who I am in a nutshell is, of course, an author, writer, mother of three, a wife, but I also am someone who's really passionate about bringing people closer to themselves through writing practice. And the reason why I'm so passionate about that is because a therapist who I had when I was 19 gave me that gift. And so I was a really sad, brokenhearted girl, really lost for a long time, and it wasn't until... I started writing to heal myself, that I was really able to get to the root of like who I was and who I wanted to be. And so I'm 32. I've been doing this soul work since I've been 19 and it's been really freaking hard. I don't think I really had a breakthrough until I was about 23 or so. And then I failed multiple times after that. And now, you know, I'm back on this road of what it means to stand in my power In my 30s and in this stage of my life, especially because I've done so much work on myself to be true to myself to be true to those around me and to be connected with myself and grounded, right? Because we're not taught how to do that in school. We really need to be teaching groundedness and presence and self-actualization in schools because we're just put into the world, expected to kind of know how to be in the world and we don't. And so long story short, it's been a long time coming and I came to this place by way of being really broken for a long time and then making the decision Trauma won't be my resting place. I do not have to carry this narrative of brokenness and I can heal myself. And that's what I've been doing.
0: When you say that you're 30 in your early thirties, it like blows my mind, not because of how you look, because you're, I mean, whatever you're doing with your skin and your whole body it's <laughs> right on point. But the way you hold wisdom, it's like you've lived 1000 lifetimes. So I'm really blown away at the juxtaposition of how you look physically, but how much, you know, and then when you say like, and now I'm at this place of 30, I'm like, no, the amount of light and insight that you pour into the world, you could be 85. Like I, that's, that's what's so like striking about it. Um, So you're very much a, like a deep, Old soul, like you just get things on a deep level quicker than most. That's just the Mm -hmm. truth. I can tell you from interviewing 600 people. Mm -hmm. So, you talked about this therapist that gave you this gift of writing to heal yourself. That's how you said it. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is, you're such a good writer. So, I have two questions. One is more of a sillier question, which is, is everyone capable of writing that well? But the bigger question is, how can we use the process of journaling to find that intuition and to find that, that truth inside of us? How does that work?
1: Well, First, to answer the silly question, I absolutely think everyone is a writer. So when my students come to class and they're like, I don't write, I don't journal, I don't know how to do this, that they leave feeling the opposite. And so, yes, I do think that everyone has capability of being a writer. You may not want to be a professional writer, but you can write and you can tap into your voice. A lot of us shy away from writing because we see our truth on the page and it makes it really real to see your truth on the page and be like, Oh, I have to unpack that. I have to figure out my why. So yes, everyone is a writer. And at, for the people at home rolling their eyes at me, you're a writer too. Okay. Because I know you, I, I am such a believer in I believe it. you. I'm such a believer in it. Okay. Anyways. So Dr. B is what we'll call her. She was the first person who allowed me to truly see myself. I didn't grow up feeling autonomous or loved. I felt very... Very much like the love I was offered in, in childhood was conditional. And so I also went through a lot of physical and verbal aggression and abuse. And so it's just like her giving me the permission to heal myself by way of writing and language was just like mind-blowing, especially at 19. I was like, there's no way in hell I can do this. And I remember her saying, you need to put a journal in your imaginary emotional toolbox. And I still use that language now when I'm teaching my students how to write to heal. It's like, what is in our toolbox that can help support us in our healing? It's not going to heal us from the ground up, but it will facilitate inner dialogue, which can then facilitate deeper healing, especially if we're seeing a licensed professional or what have you. And I remember her telling me, I don't have your answers. I'm not here to give you your answers. I am here to lead you towards what you already know. And I was just like, oh, snap, like this woman is giving me the permission that I've never had before (laughs) to try to figure out who Alex is. Without outside projections, with outside noise, like none of that. She's like, Who are you? And if I didn't know, that was okay, but we're going to figure it out. And so it was just, it was clearly life changing, but it was also the permission I needed to create the life that I said I wanted on an emotional level. I'm not talking about the other stuff that comes along with being an adult in life and whatever, but like, I wanted to feel rooted and connected and not sad. I was so sad. My anxiety was at an all-time high. I was a very depressed person and didn't want to be here a lot of the time. And she just nudged me to stick with it and to stick with my voice because it mattered. So let's free flow
0: for a second. Mm-hmm. Since you facilitate this and you've, through your own modeling, have, have helped so many people to, to come into this place, what would be one prompt, one question that the listeners today maybe could write on the top of a page and write about for 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. What would be maybe one question that you've asked yourself or that you've offered
1: up for people when they come to, to your work? What's one question? Something that I've been asking myself a lot is what makes you feel safe? And a lot of the questions that I ask myself and that I pose to the community or to my students or clients are basic questions. This is not rocket science. What makes you feel safe? Who are you? What do you want? How do you need to be supported today? Like these are questions that are everyday language, but we're not asking ourselves those questions most of the time we are bypassing that completely or making sure that we're catering to the needs of those around us. Right. And so what makes you feel safe keeps coming up for me because as I continue to lean into my healing, I find that the older I get, the more triggered I become the older I get, the more my pain really comes to the surface. And especially, you know, I'm raising three daughters. I'm married. I have this life that I never thought that I could possibly have, whole, safe, comforted, easeful, enlightened, like all these different words come to the surface for me. And I grew up feeling really unsafe. So I found myself as I'm doing this work, as I'm talking to my therapist, as I'm talking to my mentors and coaches, it's like, oh, that thing that happened when I was seven still hurts me to my soul. And it's like, why am I still carrying that? Okay. We're still carrying that because we're humans and life can be hard. And some of our childhoods was were, were just terrible and painful. And we all have these moments. And so asking myself that question and what I would like other folks to ask themselves at home is allowing space for us to hold our younger self and our, and your younger self could be literally from last week it doesn't have to be super deep right but holding your former self your younger self in a space of mentorship and comfort and compassion which i think is important because so often we're not taught how to do that right and i write about this in my book after the rain i forget what chapter it was but It was a moment I was having with my younger self and I was cradling her and I was, you know, just envisioning me being who I needed back then. And so while that question, what makes you feel safe is pretty baseline and and basic, we can take ourselves as deep as we want to go. It's so powerful.
0: So powerful. Yes. Just yesterday, Gabby Bernstein was here for the second time and she was, she said, can I take you through an IFS? internal family system thing. Can I do it with you? And I was like, what am I going to say? No. So I was like, sure. <laughs> I start crying and she's like, so what does she need? And where are you sitting? And give her a glass of iced tea and bawling, you know? Oh, um. So it's like, chills. yeah. And I was so grateful that she just was like, let's just show up full tilt boogie. Let's just go there. It was like, and it was vulnerable and it was cool. And I got a lot from it you know when you were saying earlier about your childhood and and the love in which you felt was conditional and all of that it's the case for so many of us right when we're little and our brain waves are in more of like a theta state and it's like hypnotic it's like a trance right everything gets absorbed mm. into the program into the software and so often for kids it's not what's taught it's what's caught so you're you're absorbing how love is experienced by your parent and so if your parent feels that love is earned. If your parent feels disassociated from source, from God, from connection, from oneness, from the wholeness inside of themselves, they're just going to project that onto you. Right. And then when you're doing this work, it's so powerful because to go back and scoop yourself up and to heal, Mm -hmm. then you no longer walk through the world, modeling something that's Mm -hmm. filled with separateness and scarcity and we're constantly vibrating in tune with each other. And so there's so many people walking around, like doing this with other people bouncing off. And Mm. you, you do so much in your work that I've gained so much from, but one of the pieces that comes up as a, a through line is learning how to not abandon yourself. And when we're with other people, I wanted to ask you, how can we be soft and gentle and ease filled and Have boundaries around what we're not energetically going to allow in. I think that that's something you do really well. And I've seen people do one or the other. Yeah. Let's talk about how we can maybe memorize that feeling.
1: Mm, Memorize a feeling. I love that language. So I think leaning into the duality of who we are and feelings is extremely important. But we're also, again, not shown often or taught how to do that. And so for me, it's been honoring my ease, protecting my peace and understanding what disrupts the ease and the peace, right? So it's identifying what doesn't serve, what doesn't fit, what I don't like, what I don't want. And Making those decisions of, okay, this is what makes me feel easeful and in tune and aligned and safe. And this is what doesn't, it takes a lot of practice to like identify that and also put it down on paper. Cause of course I'm like, put it on the page so you can see it. You know, like what disrupts your peace? What is stealing from your joy? And it doesn't always have to be an external source. Sometimes it's negative self-talk. Sometimes it's repeating old bad habits that you know don't serve you, but you're stuck in this cycle of, of comfort because fear is driving the comfort and like it can just go on and on, right? And so when I think about memorizing feelings, which I've never heard that language before, What comes to mind is honoring my intuition and like listening to it and trusting it. And if I know that something makes me feel easeful and good, let's explore that and and find out the why and the how. And then if I know that something makes me feel uneasy or, or unsafe or angry or sad or disconnected, let's dive in there too. And I think that really shows up for me or has in relationships, especially as I've done my work and I am continuing to do my work and I'm really committed to being the matriarch of healing for my lineage and breaking these cycles and having certain things stop with me so they don't get passed on to my children, identifying like who can stay and who can't, you know? And so just being mindful and in tune and connected with my inner voice, which we often, most of the time, we ignore that inner voice. And I really do think it's it teaches us something if we lean in and we listen.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful.
1: This is such a beautiful conversation. But before we keep going, I'm just going to thank our sponsors. For
0: a lot of people, getting financially healthy means dropping the weight of credit card debt. But where do you start when it feels like a never-ending cycle? Upstart can help you pay off your existing debt quickly and easily with a personal loan so you can start living your life. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score. So instead of only looking at your credit score, Upstart considers additional factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application so they can find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in just five minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. I know it can feel overwhelming and even hopeless when you have a lot of debt. So I think it's huge that Upstart is helping you get free from that financial burden. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash dream job. That's upstart.com slash dream job. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash dream job. We've all had moments when we're feeling really down or we're getting in our own way. And for me, it helps to talk it out with someone who gives you an outside perspective, like a therapist from BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment and you can start communicating in under 48 hours all without having to sit in a waiting room. Anything you share is completely confidential and BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. Plus you can even get financial aid. Plus it's available for clients worldwide and they offer a broad range of expertise like relationships, depression, stress, anxiety, trauma, self-esteem, and so much more. I've been in therapy for a lot of my life and it's helped me get clarity and work through my resistance. So I think it's really important that it's available to everyone. And I love that BetterHelp is making it possible for all of us to take care of our mental health. Start living a happier life today. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash dreamjob. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash dreamjob for 10% off your first month. Thanks, BetterHelp. You said earlier something else I wanted to highlight, which is the idea of like living in your trauma was not going to be a place where you just like parked your car. You know, you Mm -hmm. were just like, we're going to make a different choice. And all the things we've been talking about since you first mentioned that today, we've been talking about a different possibility. And I feel like a lot of the listeners that I meet and a lot of people I meet, and I know I've gone through this in my own life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There are certain seasons where that doesn't seem like a option. And the more you go into the world of connecting with source, whether it's you're working with someone like Deepak Chopra or John Kabat-Zinn or Byron Katie or the Dalai Lama, like, You can see evidence of genuinely happy people, genuinely. Yeah. People who are connected to the stream, people who are connected to that place of the real self, the true self. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't always even seem, it seems light years away sometimes. And it seems like something that's, well, if you knew my circumstances, you would see why that's not an option for me. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that and how people, if they're in a season of replaying The stuff that doesn't feel good every day. Yeah, how can they understand that they can select different, Mm -hmm. and how can we journey there?
1: I'm a believer in the power of choice. I think that choosing to do things differently, to reframe our thoughts, is how we call in our power. Um, And it's hard as hell. And I don't. I'm really careful with speaking about things like this because I don't want it to come across as toxic positivity or just because I can do it, you can do it because we all know that that isn't always the case. But what is the case is the power of choice and reframing, even when it's really, really hard. And the reason why I say this is because I'm a person who walks through the world with social anxiety and with depression and with borderline OCD. And so it's just like, it's, intense for me and my brain a lot of the time. And I have to use my coping skills and my mindfulness practice to recenter me and also to make some choices. It's easy for me to sit and ruminate on like my childhood and the abuse I went through and the abandonment. I And, I, and sometimes, you know, I will give myself the space to do that because yeah. maybe that's what I need to go there. Right. I often go back to the Buddhist saying of to live is to suffer. And when I first heard that, I was like, well, that sucks.
0: Like That's not going to make any good Hallmark card today. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Right. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day.
1: But it is the truth. And I will never forget what put that into perspective for me was when my mother-in-law died almost five years ago from cancer. And she was my first place of comfort as like a maternal figure. And I used to say to my husband all the time, like, you grew up with that? Like, and it wasn't like ideological or idyllic or whatever. It was just like, she just loves the people Mm -hmm. in her life and she loves them no matter what. Simple. Right. And when she died... I remember Ryan saying, I will be grieving this loss for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. It will never not hurt me. And he said, I would never know joy if I didn't know pain. And I miss my mother every day. And I know that I will have to live in this place of suffering because she's not here. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, Wow, like how vulnerable for one and how honest because so many people want us to push through, to get over. And like, if you lose your mom, who was your backbone yeah, and who was the love of your life, you're not going to move through, push through or get over. You're going to have to live with, right? And so he chooses every day, even walking through that loss, and his siblings as well, they choose to con- to keep going. Like they choose to keep living and being who their mother was to them, to their children, right? So I know that that's a slightly different example, but I just felt called to bring that to the forefront because mm-hmm. life is hard. Our pasts are hard. We will all lose somebody. Somebody will lose us when we think about what it means to be a human living, right? And so the choice is, how do we live through the things that feel like they're going to break us? You know, how do we live through the things that hurt us? We make a choice to get up another day. And sometimes it's just that basic.
0: I don't know if you remember the movie Sleepless in Seattle, but there's a, do line, that movie. a line in that movie where, His son calls the radio station because his mom died and she gets on the phone with him and Tom Hanks is so good in this movie. And she's like, so what are you going to do every day? And he goes, well, Dr. Marsha Fieldstone, I'm going to get up and try to breathe in and out. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And then if I can breathe in and out, maybe I'll take a few steps and brush my teeth. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm going to try to breathe in and out. That's going to be the Herculean move for me, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm in so much pain. Yeah.
1: And that matters. It matters. Deeply. Yeah. Deeply.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. We don't live in a society that makes space for pain. I know on your podcast, you've had so many beautiful people and some of them are friends of mine. And I remember Emily McDowell saying to me that when she had cancer, when she was in her late Mm twenties, everyone who she loved, who loved her just kind of was gone because nobody knew how to sit beside her in that. They didn't know what to say. They didn't know how to Mm -hmm. be with it. Mm -hmm. And so people would mistakenly try to like cheer her up or, and it was just like, I don't need that. If anything, I just need you to just sit and witness, Mm -hmm. just hold witness. Right. And so from there, she, as you know, you know, she created these empathy cards instead of Mm -hmm. sympathy or cheering up I so said, how about just like here are the words that just let you know that there's nothing good to say right now right it's just being with it and sitting by that river right just not pushing the river just sitting with it just sitting with it and Alex you do that for us every day just being you your vibration just makes space to witness people
1: mm, thank you and it's interesting I'm so glad you brought that up first of all I loved talking With Emily. My friend Jamila Reddy has been on the podcast multiple times and she lost her sister and dad within the same time span. Um, Oh, that's so much. And she was just, I remember us being on FaceTime. Yeah. And she just was crying. And I just was listening. Mm -hmm. And she was like, people don't know how to just let folks cry. People don't know how to just sit, just like what you were saying, just sit with the pain with me. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's just, it's so true. It's so true. But you know,
0: I think that what you're saying right now, what we're talking about is that it's safe Mm -hmm. to let yourself sit by the river. Like we've made up a whole story about how we need to like distract ourselves from it and scroll our phone or distract ourselves from it and medicate in some other way with drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever. Cause it's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. But the truth of the matter is one of my favorite books is women, food and God by Janine Roth.
1: Oh, I haven't read that. Oh, oh my, my
0: gosh, Alex. <laughs> you got to DM me and let me know what you think of that book. Okay. <laughs> it's amazing. In fact, I had Anne Lamott on the show and I was like, what's your favorite book? And she said, women, food and God. I'm like, Okay. I can feel good recommending that book. It's so good. But she, she talks about in this book, how like when we allow for everything to come to the table, when we allow ourselves to have tea with all the parts of ourselves, the parts that are badass, the parts that self-sabotage, the parts that are broken, the parts that are in pain, then we're really alive. Like then we're actually integrated with self. And so on some level, it feels satisfying I wouldn't say it feels good and happy, but there's a satisfaction in being congruent in actually Mm -hmm. sitting with what is Mm -hmm. it it almost, the body actually feels a sense of relief and, and, and there's some constitution that, that comes forward from that place. And so Mm -hmm. I love that we're talking about that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's so beautiful. Okay. I have a few more questions, but first a quick ad break. It's so important to always find new ways to grow. That's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with meaning. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to make 2022 a year of new learning, growth, and the connection through creativity. No matter whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you're creative. And Skillshare helps you discover what you can make with classes for every skill level. They give you hands-on projects and classes designed for real life, and their entire catalog of classes now offers subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese, And Dutch. I'm a fan of their productivity and watercolor painting classes, but I also love the class Find Your Style, five exercises to unlock your creative identity, taught by my friend Andy J. Pizza. He helps you get in touch with your creative DNA, explore who you are, and what you have to say. I think this work is so important because we all need an outlet to express ourselves, and Andy's class gives you that permission and freedom to enter that abundant flow of creative energy that we all have. Plus, Andy has an energy and enthusiasm like no one else, so you guys will love learning from him. Skillshare also has great classes and topics like entrepreneurship, creative writing, photography, web design, and a whole lot more. So definitely check it out. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash two, and get a one month free trial. That's one month free at skillshare.com slash dream two. So you've been just pouring work, you know, into the world. You've written so many books. And most recently, I just want the audience to hear there's a journal encouraged journal, a daily practice or self discovery, which came out in 2021. I mean, you've been so prolific, even in a pandemic. There's also a beautiful book that came out, which you mentioned before, After the Rain, Gentle Reminders for Healing, Courage, and Self-Love. Let's talk about this, and then let's talk about your podcast, because it's so good. But when you say self-love, and this is a callback to Emily, Emily always says that people say, love yourself. And she's like, but how? What does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to you? Mm -hmm. And what are some of the affirmations in your book, that we can start to just sort of like allow to see if that will make a little bit of a shift.
1: So after the rain is part memoir, part guide. And the second chapter in the book is called self-love. And it's about, it's one of the first chapters where I talk about my relationship with my mother and where I learned how to hate myself. But towards the end how I was able to hold space for her. And in that I found that when people don't love themselves, it is so hard for them to love others. And I had, I had gone down that path where, because it was demonstrated to me that I, I didn't deserve my own love. Right. Um, It was demonstrated to me that I wasn't worthy of not only my own love, but the love of other people. And so for me, self-love is choosing to hold myself even when the times in life are heavy, even when the times in life feel like I don't want to go on. Self-love is caring for myself like I care for my children. Self-love is loving myself how I love my partner and my friends. Yeah. It's basic. I think so many people complicate it and it just makes it confusing. Like self-love isn't always a bubble bath or self-care isn't always treating yourself to that thing that you've been wanting. What it is, is sitting with yourself, as you mentioned, sitting by the river and saying you're safe here. Self-love is Mm -hmm. demonstrating that inner safety and ability to protect one's heart even when we weren't taught how to do that. Mm. Hard, yes. Also, a daily practice of choosing myself in that way, yes. And me and my mom, you know, thankfully have come a long way with, you know, a lot of boundaries in place, but honoring each other, not as mother and daughter, but woman to woman, right? And so that has made our relationship moons better, many moons better, because we are now engaging as two women and not mother and daughter. And I told myself I wasn't going to write after the rain until I could hold space for forgiveness and compassion for my mother. Mm -hmm. And before the book came out, I wrote a letter to her and I bookmarked all the pages that were about our story, because it's not just my story, it is our story. And I said, whenever she's ready to talk before the book comes out, you know, let's talk. And I learned so much about my mother in those talks because she opened up to me in a way after she read the chapters, she said that she was so filled with rage and inner sadness and she didn't have any control over her life and what she did have control over so she thought was me and it was wow so i was able to to listen to that and hold that even though it was really hard to hear but i already knew it cuz i had done so much of my own inner work that i knew i was like mom there was no way mom could have shown up for me she hated herself she hated her life you know, and now she doesn't. And now she's doing her work, thank God, because so many of our parents don't do their work, you know, and so to be able to like, know where my origin of self love came from, it was birthed through, unfortunately, self hatred. Yeah. And so I go back to the words of my husband when he's like, you don't know, you won't know joy unless you know pain. And I wouldn't know self-love if I did not know self-hatred, you know? Yeah. That contrast it's, allows yeah, you that to see. It's that contrast. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It brought tears to my eyes when you were able to step out of your narrative just to l- let her share hers and you could see it just as it is for her. And that just brought tears to my eyes because that's so powerful. We often are not able to step outside of our own story just to like, acknowledge and witness what it was for somebody else. And that alone, it doesn't negate your story at all. Mm -hmm. It just allows you to go, wow. Okay. This is where this person was coming from is it's just that radical transparency is it's, it's so loving. What a loving act that you did that. That's so radical. Like people just never even think to do that in a moment and hold it like, Mm -hmm. wow, how could that change the world today Mm -hmm. that people were willing to sit beside someone and say, this is still my truth, but I'm putting it here for one second to let you just to like, just like open up this beginner's mind Mm -hmm. to just allow myself to be a stand for and witness your reality. I mean, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. Transformational. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about some of this self-love and the self-hate, which comes up in in a word you use which is not a, it's not a foreign word. It's just, it is a very much of a foreign concept for most of the 94% of our audiences is is women. Right. And the amount of pain Mm -hmm. around not having a boundary, a simple thing called a boundary. It's so striking that I I can't believe how often women are apologizing Mm -hmm. and literally walking like with a wing strap behind their back and like Mm -hmm. on their knees for miles in the desert, as if like, Oh, don't, Don't we just all have to kind of like figure out how to live like that? It's like, no, 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 Mm. set a boundary, like be aware. So I feel like we've had such a beautiful conversation already that we can go to this place now because you've helped us identify the contrast. You've helped us identify coming into self. So then when you're aware of something like ding, 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 this doesn't feel good. How can you offer up a boundary without feeling like that makes you mean, without feeling like that makes you dismissive of somebody else,
1: how do you do that? And how do you help other other people to do that? Mm. Oh, boundaries. <laughs> A friend of mine, Nedra Tawab, says that clear boundaries save relationships. And it wasn't until she, I read that in her book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, that I was like, oh damn, like that is what, really changed the game for me. Not only do boundaries, clear boundaries, save relationships with others, they save the relationship with yourself. And so for me, I have seen the women of my family, of my lineage, break their back, and (sighs) carry the world on their shoulders and nurse the babies and feed the home and not eat because everyone else is eating. And my God, I would just want
0: to scream from a mountaintop. It's enough. Like, I just want (laughs) to scream it, write it in the sky.
1: And we are conditioned and raised to abandon ourselves as an act of love. That is not a safe place to be. No boundaries are needed so that we can be in relationship with self and others in healthy ways. I'm a mother of three. As I mentioned, I'm a wife, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter. I am all these things. I'm a teacher, blah, blah, blah. And if I am nothing to myself, I can't be anything to anyone else. Hence why we need boundaries. No, I can't do that today. No, I'm sorry. I'm booked. Maybe let's look at next week. No, I don't want to, you know, like it's okay for us to choose ourselves and it's okay for us to not always be available. Here's what I learned. I was a constant yeser, even if I didn't want to do things. Okay. And then I would end up one showing up not as my best self because I didn't want to be there. didn't want to do it. Or two, canceling at the last minute, which is so inconsiderate and terrible. (laughs) Like last minute, like 30 minutes before I'm supposed to do something. I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing that. And that's like, okay, that isn't great either. And so what I have learned is that if I am honest with myself about the capacity that I have about what I want to do and what I don't want to do, I will save myself and my relationships, because nobody wants you to show up half-assed. They may think they do, but they don't. I know for me, if I ask a friend to do something, or if if it's, you know, a job or whatever the case may be, I want people to be intentional about the capacity that they have. If it's a no for you, let it be a no. Yeah. So
0: I want to ask you this because this is where it shows up most for people is wanting the approval, wanting to be liked. And so Mm -hmm. when people think about posting something on Instagram or saying yes or no to making plans for Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. or putting something on Etsy or deciding to raise their hand and offer to charge something. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. This person commented that I charged too much. Oh my gosh. This person said that my writing was crappy or that I felt like a copy of so-and-so mm. this needing to be liked this needing to not ruffle feathers, this needing other people's approval. So therefore then I won't post anything on Instagram. I won't say no to the dinner. Even if I don't want to go. I won't mm. charge too much.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure you've encountered all of that, right? Because you have fees that you charge for all different kinds of things, whether it's a book deal, a speaking fee or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't be sitting here with this sense of yourself if you were like, oh, I just do it all for free because I feel like it's toxic for me to charge. Like, (laughs) that's not what's going on in this vibe. Right. So how are you allowing of yourself to be like, you over there can think whatever you're thinking about how I charge, you can think whatever you think about what I post, and I'm still going to move forward as is.
1: Mm. Well- I always say that me not being for everyone is a blessing. Everything isn't for everyone. Me and my husband have this conversation all of the time. Everything is not for everyone and that is okay. And when we stop trying to please everyone and be liked, we start to step deeper into our truth and our true self and I know that's hard because we're humans. We like to be, we like to be liked. We want to be loved. Right. But at what cost, at what cost, again, self-abandonment self-silencing is not an act of love or community or care. But often as women, we're taught that you shut up, you sit down, you do the thing. If people don't like it, you know, figure out a new way you can't please everybody you shouldn't want to and I know that that's hard from personal experience but oh well and I I know that that sounds kind of dismissive but like for real you cannot continue to try to please everybody because it's going to keep you stuck
0: but it feels so right when you say it. My whole body goes like into a state of calm because it feels so right when you go, when you said you go deeper into your place of power. And the truth is for you to be able to help whoever you're made to help, right? We're all meant to serve a certain someone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to rise so that you can hold a certain energetic and then they can come and tune their instrument to that. Mm-hmm. So. I know because I mean, you have over a million followers. So you have, you have hundreds of thousands of people commenting on your stuff constantly when you are charging for a workshop or you're, and and somebody says, if you really felt compassion for other women, if you really felt compassion for this community or that community, Mm. you should be doing this for free, or you should be doing it for less Mm. because for so many women in my audience, even if they can get to the place of it's okay, if I'm not like to then receive in the form of money, a level that, that feels like a good energetic exchange. That's like asking them to jump out of an airplane and do three cartwheels. (laughs) Like, how do you, so if that ever happened, has happened for you and you were like, no, no, I feel like the good energetic exchange is this rate or whatever. Mm. How do you allow that just with ease to come in without saying, wait, 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 the lowest common denominator is this person can't afford this or she's not going to like it. How do you allow for that bigger
1: amount of energy to come through to you? So I don't get that a lot. I don't get it ever, which is good. I think- You're
0: not a match for it.
1: It doesn't, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I don't get that. And also, because I know people get that. I, and I know that it's hard as an entrepreneur to name your price. I have struggled with that my entire career, because I am someone who wants courses to be accessible, who wants retreats to be accessible. Right. And also I have created a sense of safety within my community where people will ask, Oh, I can't afford this. Do you have scholarship spots? And I always set aside scholarship spots. So the answer most of the time is absolutely join us. And you know, what's interesting. Mm -mm. I have given away so many scholarship spots to retreats and, and courses that pe- those same people who got scholarship will then come back buy multiple spots and pay it forward to other people, which is the so most beautiful, beautiful thing. I had this one woman she, who comes to mind. She was a graduate student. And she was like, I really want to take this course, but I do not have the $49.99 right now. And I said, it's fine. Come on. I got you. She took the course. The next course, she bought five spots. And gifted them to her close friends and her mother and so the reason why i'm sharing that is because beautiful the money will come yeah they'll find it the money will come and if money is your driving force you're not going to be satisfied and i understand what it- i'm 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 a businesswoman i understand and i get it and i know you have to start somewhere and you also have to be really secure in what you're offering the world, whatever that is. I'm a big believer in you start that Etsy shop. I'm a big believer in you start that consulting business. I'm a big believer in you post your work. You don't do it for other people. You do it for you and the mission and the passion that you have. The money, yes, we need money to live, but it's secondary and it will come. And, you know, I feel really lucky that I haven't had anyone push back on my pricing for whatever. And I also think people know that if it's not for them, it's not for them. It doesn't mean that it's not for them forever. It may not be for them right now. And if you create a, I don't know if this is energy or what, but if you create an aura of safety for the community that you're serving and they feel safe enough to say, I can't afford this right now, but... Can you help me? You can either say yes or you can say no, it's up to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's all an exchange. Yeah. And community care is so important for me. And I think because that is so important for me, I haven't had to struggle with a lot of what other people are struggling have struggled with because the community for me and all that I do comes first. I want people to heal. I want people to learn to write to heal. And we will make that happen by any means necessary. And I think that that's, I mean, I taught during the pandemic, I taught 10,000 people virtually, 10,000 people. And most of those folks were repeat customers and clients and now do one-on-ones and like community care is what we need in this life. It's so important.
0: I want to ask one follow-up question about the community because it really is such a striking talent to have genuinely and organically created such a, not just a large community, but it's very engaged and very resonant, like the way in which you've done that. And you didn't build that because you had been on some reality show. You didn't build that because you you built that one authentic expression of yourself at a time. And people would love to be able to have an impact. And I'm curious, looking back, what you think were some of the ingredients that allowed that to form?
1: People relate to other people's stories. And as a writer, I know that there are people struggling with the same things I've struggled with and don't have the words or the language to put it down on the page. And so, If I can give voice to someone else's story, then like my work there is done. But I think my community has grown because I have been open to sharing my story and my healing and my struggles. I think that's why the books sell the way that they do. I think that's why people come to the live events and the weekend retreats and the courses. It's because I'm just me. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I don't need to be... A big guru, I don't need to be anything other than Alex. and I want people to realize that you showing up as your true and authentic self in whatever capacity you feel right, you know for you, people resonate with authenticity. They resonate with not feeling alone. And so yeah. many of us, especially when it comes to social media, which is a so such a weird place, cool place, weird place. We are conditioned to like show up on Instagram and Facebook as this picture of perfection and it's weird because nobody is perfect. And so giving people space and voice through resonance Mm -hmm. and mutual, you know, like knowing that we're not alone in our struggle, that's just important. And I think that that's why the community has grown. And I think that's why people have stuck with me and why they read my books. Yeah. And I hope that it continues because we need each other in this life.
0: Yeah. And what you're saying is like when they zig, you zag basically, because instead of trying to win a race that all these people are trying to win, like how perfect can you make it look or whatever that race is, you can feel it. There's like some very clear vibration that gets sort of replicated and people get into that zone. I think that's what makes it weird when it is weird. You're just over here saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to be authentic. And that authenticity is so, it cuts through the noise because it's so powerful and it's so deep and it's its amazing. And you've gone on to do that with your books and with your podcast. So tell everybody where they can find the podcast, buy your books and follow along for more of this deliciousness.
1: <laughs> um, so the Hey Girl podcast is actually coming to an end. We turn five in May and we're having our finale show at the Kennedy Center. And so if you're in D.C. or you want to take a trip, come hang out with us live May 13th. Um, it's, we're going to be there, but you can get the Hey Girl podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, and it'll be up forever and always. It just won't be any new episodes after June or so. And the books are sold wherever books are sold. After the Rain is my latest collection and Encourage is a guided journal. There's plenty of guided journals out there by me. There's plenty of books and you can find all of that wherever books are sold. AlexL.com where you can find out about my courses and my residency where I go to Carefree Arizona quarterly (laughs) and teach for- nine days and it's the city is really called carefree which is amazing. i saw that yeah <laughs> that's a match oh my gosh like side note there's this street that's carefree and tranquil drive and i was like i need God, to live here. what are you trying to say <laughs> I,
0: I have arrived <laughs> that is really cool um yeah. well you put us all in that spot you are definitely tranquil and i think that I don't know that I would have said carefree, but the, the way in which you allow it all to be welcome, I really do think that that is the most carefree place,
1: right? So thank you for today. It was such a treat to sit with you. Thank you. It was a treat. This was wonderful. I'd love to talk to you again. I really love your energy. <laughs> I
0: love you. You're like, everyone just wants to eat you up. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's stay in touch. I, I'm, I'm delighted. Have the most beautiful day. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, y'all. She's so great. Here are the takeaways. Number one, trauma does not have to be your resting place. You don't have to carry the narrative of brokenness. You can heal yourself. Number two, honor your intuition and trust it. If something makes you feel peaceful and good, explore that. The inner voice teaches us when we lean in and listen. Number three, choose to do something differently. That's how we call in our power. Number four, how do we live through the things that feel like they'll break us and hurt us? We make a choice to get up another day. Number five, self-love is choosing to hold yourself. Even when times in life are heavy and you feel like you don't want to go on, it's sitting with yourself and saying, you're safe here. It's demonstrating your inner safety and the ability to protect your heart. Number six, boundaries are needed so you can save yourself and your relationships. If you're nothing to yourself, you can't be anything to someone else. Be honest about your capacity. It's okay to choose yourself. Number seven, it's a blessing not to be everything for everyone. When we stop trying to please everyone, we step deeper into our truth and our true self. Number eight, people resonate when you show up as your fully authentic self. You don't need to be anyone else. You can just be you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I know that there's just so much going on in the world, and it means so much that you're here and that we can kind of journey through this world together. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow wherever you listen, because so many great guests are coming up, including Deepak Chopra this coming Thursday. And if you know someone who would find this conversation helpful, send them a link or post about the show on your Instagram. You could take a screenshot and then post about it and tag me at Kathy.Heller and tag Alex. She's at Alex underscore L-E-L-L-E. I'm sure she'd love to see how much you like this conversation. I love you so much. If you want to get started on your podcast and you want to grab a checklist, you can go to com slash checklist to find a free guide on how to get yourself started. And if you want a free Starbucks, just go ahead and find my husband's podcast. You don't know Shift. That's S-C-H-I-F-F. And if you leave a review and send me a screenshot to my Instagram DMs, I'll send you a Starbucks drink on me. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Thursday.
2: Fresh coat of paint, change my scenery. Wake up in the morning and choose to be brave and set.